The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We don't need any safe spaces at Command Center Alpha. We don't need to, in any way, shape, or form, constrict or restrict our language, our thoughts. We're not little snowflakes that need a little teddy bear and a little blankie to get all secure as alphas with large nads of steel surrounded by a protective sheath of titanium. We can deflect and take whatever is thrown at us. We can engage in conversation. Even that means conversation we may disagree with. Even if it means conversation that may be controversial. We don't shy away from debate. We encourage debate. We encourage a free flow of information. That's what we do here at the Cigar Dave Show. Enemies of thought be damned. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Screw the phony and fake lib media. As always, I come to you from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. And I have on my desk, in a very special glass case, my Balls of Steel. My little drink coolers that Portuguese Princess Colleen gave me back at the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line February 4th. I carry these now everywhere. Even though I have Balls of Steel attached to me, it is always nice to look and see these balls of steel. We posted pictures already on social media at CigarDave.com, but I suggest you always have those as a reminder that you are 100% USDA alpha. Now, who does not love meat? Well, except the vegans that look unhealthy, except all the little PETA people that are always complaining that meat is going to cause carbon dioxide levels to go through the roof, and we're going to have global warming. Screw them. Who cares? In fact, this morning, I got up early this morning. I was in the mood for meat. I was hungry. Been about 14 hours since I ate. Uh, since I ate. And I said, I need to do something. You know, do I want my eggs and egg whites? No. I had a piece of magnificent Bone-in ribeye. Now, it wasn't a tomahawk chop. wasn't the big tomahawk chop, the two, three-pounder with the two-and-a-half thick inches. Now, this is a smaller ribeye, grass-fed, about 56 calories per ounce. I had 11 and a half ounces after cooking. 
I put it on my grill. I used a reverse sear to start. I have my grill grates and I have my re- grill grates that are reversed, two of them reversed, seared each for a minute, put them on a high, uh, on the high heat on the grill grates for about, oh, I would say two and a half minutes each side. Got a nice Pittsburgh style char, medium rare, a little bit of cracked pepper, a little bit of my pink Himalayan salt and a tad bit of onion powder. It was delicious and I didn't smother it with ketchup or any sort of sauce, but I got the day off great. A little bit of meat, didn't have any of the carbs, feel great. And as I was thinking about my meat, I was recalling about an article I read in the Wall Street Journal. There is a Turkish butcher that is taking the internet by storm. He has gone viral. A passionate Turkish butcher named Nusret Gokci. And the video of him salting a steak with his signature cobra move have spawned thousands of copycats. He is now an international food celebrity. The key is he bounces the salt off the elbow. And I'm looking at a picture on the Wall Street Journal of Nusret Gokci. He's got his glasses on. He's got the white T-shirt. And at the end, he always he says, make sure you salt your meat after. Do not salt it before. Now, of course... I have to defer to the great Colonel Ange because Colonel Ange and his award-winning pooch pit, the man knows his meat. And he said, always salt it. Now, he uses kosher salt. I've changed from kosher salt to pink Himalayan salt, a little bit healthier, and a little bit of cracked pepper. That's all you need for good meat. And let it sit out for a few hours. The one thing you do not want to do, I've experimented over the last number of months, the one thing you do not want to do when it comes to a nice piece of dead quality animal carcass is take it right out of the refrigerator, salt it, pepper it, and then put it right on the grill. No, 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 no. What I do is I try to take it out the night before. I salt it, I pepper it each side put it back in the foil, put it back in the refrigerator. And about three, four hours before I put that meat on the grill, on a hot searing grill, I like to take it out, get it up to room temperature because that's when the meat is ready to be properly grilled. And I have found this by trial and error. I used to be one of those people that took it out of the refrigerator, salted, pepper it, and put it right on the grill. The meat is far more succulent. It is juicier. It is more tasty, and it melts in your mouth more fully than taking out a piece of meat right from the refrigerator, cold piece of meat, slapping it on the grill. But this is an interesting story about Nusret Gochi, and we are going to post on CigarDave.com as well as social media the video of him slicing and sensually salting his steak. I love the way he slices the the bone-in ribeye, the tomahawk very gently slices it, uses signature moves, almost reminds me of one of those Japanese chefs that you go on the hibachi grill, the arigato or the, the uh, what is it, the Trader Vic's, those kind of restaurants where they take their samurais and go, oh, da, 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 cut the sh- uh, shrimp, cut the meat. Very, very sensual. Now, in 2017 is when he first posted a viral image. And the way that Nusret coils his hand to salt the meat. He coils his hand, and what he does is he puts the salt in his hand, he flexes his whole arm back, almost looks like a cobra, the top of a cobra with the way that he takes his hands and salts it. It bounces off the elbow, and it drizzles the sea salt 
onto his elbow, and then onto the meat. It is called the Signature Salt Bay. And the reason they call it Bay is before, after, and something else. But it's a very unique move that has really gotten him millions of fans around the world. 34-year-old Turkish butcher. He's flamboyant. Golden rule, one should only salt meat after cooking it. Now, you could try both ways. I like to salt my meat before. I find that it tenderizes it. And he says that when he makes his signature move, his cobra move to salt the meat, the angle is important. You have to have the right amount of muscle. He's got his bulging forearm, and he's got multiple steakhouses in Istanbul. And if you look around, there are professional athletes, pop stars now performing the Salt Bay. Oh, it stands for it now, I remember, before anyone else. It's based on an acronym that means before anyone else. So Salt Bay, before anyone else, because he's the first guy that did this salting, this, this Cobra Salt move. I was watching the Pro Bowl at the end of January. Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, after he scored a touchdown, ripped off a glove and he air sliced an imaginary piece of meat. And then he performed an imaginary salting, just like Nusra does, Butcher Nusra. Rapper T.I. posted a video of himself and a fellow, a couple of fellow performers on the Super Bowl uh, sideline doing the same thing, bouncing it off the uh, elbow. He's now an international celebrity. Business is booming. He's got uh, Turkish equity backers that are financing openings of his eponymously named restaurants in New York and London. And what's interesting is a guy came in, a Turkish investor happened to come to his restaurant and loved the food, loved Nusra, and said, I'm going to start backing you. And the next thing you know, the guy's got food chains all over the uh, world now. And he began deploying the move as a final flourish in a series of increasingly elaborate Instagram videos showing him slapping, stroking, massaging, and dancing with meat. And if you take a look at some of these Instagrams, it's hilarious. He kind of takes the meat and gives it a nice slap. He then massages the meat, dances with the meat. Look, you cannot beat a man's meat. That's what I like to say. You cannot beat a man. Man must have meat in the diet. You show me any man or any woman that is a vegan I will show you a woman or man that looks sickly. It almost looks as if their their face is bony. They don't have enough collagen. They just look sickly. Man must have meat. Goes back to the caveman era. When man hunted the meat, brought the meat to the cave, the little woman prepared the meat, the hunter-gatherer, that's exactly what we can trace our roots back to. Now, Salt Bay entered the international internet scene back in January accelerated when the performer Bruno Mars tweeted an image taken from Mr. Gokshi's Instagram account of the butcher in mid-salt. And the next thing you know, it's making the rounds. Late night TV, there's now an iPhone app. It's going all over the place. And he began his quest of butchering when he was uh, 13, learned the butcher trade. And for about a decade, he worked at various Turkish steakhouses and in 2009, he wanted to expand his meat knowledge, and he went down to Argentina, Buenos Aires, to work at a, uh, a, a, some steakhouses there, came back to Turkey, and then he decided he was going to open up his own place, and the rest is history. Next time I'm in New York, I'm going to have to check this place out. 
So now he's got locations in Turkey, two in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Midtown Manhattan. London locations are coming, uh, coming very, very soon. And so the key is salting the meat. I will do a video, my own interpretation of the Nusra Salt Bay. But when you salt your meat, the key is it's got to be very exotic. It's got to be very erotic. You have to have your own signature move. So we will post the video of this. When you see this guy dancing with the meat, slapping the meat, it is all about meat. And when I come back, we'll tell you about one of my favorite restaurant institutions in my hometown of Buffalo, New York, USA, a very famous restaurant chain celebrating their 90th anniversary. We'll tell you about that. Also, we've got a, uh, a great show planned for you. The second hour for our Cigar Masters series, we will spend the entire hour with Nestor Placencia Jr. of Placencia Cigars, Placencia Tobacco, and uh, now the Placencia 1865 Cigar Company in the U.S., one of the, if not, I believe they are the largest cigar, vertically integrated cigar manufacturer and grower of tobacco in the world, and a huge number of employees. We'll talk to Nestor. It's got to be in the thousands. They've got multiple farms and, and cigar factories in Honduras and Nicaragua. We will talk to him. A lot to get to today. We'll also tell you about a $5,000 hamburger. Is a burger worth $5,000? I will tell you when the Cigar Dave show continues. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Rocky Patel sampler, including the Rocky Patel Royale. Rich, aged tobaccos create notes of leather, coffee, and earth in this medium to full-bodied cigar. The Rocky Patel Royale is cloaked in a gorgeous Sumatra wrapper from Ecuador, accompanied by two different Connecticut binders and fillers from Nicaragua. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So... The Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts, 
You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Good things come in small packages. Well, not according to the General's harem, the Cigar Dave Show. Well, I have dubbed myself with a new title. We talked about Nusret Gokchi, the viral butcher now with his signature Cobra Salt move known as the Salt Bay, which is before anyone else. So therefore... No, it's actually anyone else, Sergeant Steve. Sergeant Steve in my IFB just said before anything. No, it's before anyone else. I just checked it. So I am now the Alpha Bay, which is the Alpha before anyone else, B-A-E. So I am now known as that. Now, talked about meat. Would you pay $5,000 for a burger? My answer is hell to the no. There is no way. Because I know nobody can beat my burger when I get my top-shelf meat. I like 90% lean meat. And I make it into a nice patty. I put a little Worcestershire, a little, little pink Himalayan salt, pepper, some onions, some other seasonings. And then I put that on my grill grates, on my very, very hot grill. And then what I'll do is I'll put some cheese on it. Or we could do the... Big Ange Burger, where you put the cheese right in the middle of it. That's a very nice way to enjoy a burger. Well, I don't need 5000 for that. I think my cost all in is maybe with everything, 5 bucks, something like that. Well, there is a restaurant in Vegas at the Mandalay Bay called Fleur, as in Fleur de Lis, Fleur. Chef Hubert Keller has come up with the Fleur Burger 5000. He uses a patty of Wagyu beef, which runs 100 bucks a pound. He douses it over and over with butter, sealing in the flavor and the juices. He puts on a few slabs of prime foie at 45 a pound. No thanks, not a, not a foie kind of guy. He combines the duck fat with more butter to saute a mound of sliced black truffles at 1,500 a pound. No thanks, I don't want a fungus in my food. After that, he carefully layers the three ingredients onto a freshly baked brioche bun. And he then accompanies that burger with a bottle of 1995 Petrus. 5000 for the package. First of all, I have zero interest in any sort of duck liver or duck fat on my burger. I have zero interest in any sort of truffle fungus on my burger, and I don't need a bottle of Petrus at five grand a bottle, or two grand or three grand to accompany my burger. Give me a five dollar burger that I can make at home, or if you go to a nice steakhouse, I know Fleming's for happy hours got a great, I think it's a six dollar burger that is huge and off the charts. Don't need five grand. No thanks, not that fancy. Now, a place that I can tell you has a burger that's not $5,000, 
Now, is it the best burger in the world? No, but it's probably in the three, four buck range. And that is Ted's hot dogs in my hometown of Buffalo. But you don't go there for the burgers, even though their char-broiled burgers are fantastic. You go to Ted's for their Salem Smokehouse char-broiled hot dogs. And 90 years ago, a Greek immigrant came to Buffalo by the name of Theodore Spiro Liados, began selling hot dogs out of a shack right near downtown Buffalo, near the Peace Bridge, the bridge that connects Buffalo, New York, with Fort Erie, Ontario, Canada. Eh? And I remember as a little kid going with uh, my parents, going to their Ted's location in uh, on Porter Avenue in the Peace Bridge uh, area, getting Ted's hot dogs. I remember after school, my father would pick my sister and I up uh, on occasion, and around 3.30, we'd always stop for a snack at Ted's on Sheridan Drive, one of their, I think, seven, eight locations in western New York. They also have a location. Actually, they got nine t- uh, locations in Buffalo, in the Buffalo area, one in Tempe, Arizona, and another restaurant they're opening up in Chandler, Arizona later this year. But I remember getting a Ted's footlong or a Ted's hot dog Charbroiled, well done. The cracking of that natural casing with the Ted's onion rings and some Loganberry drink on the side off the charts. Well, they celebrated their 90th anniversary this past Wednesday. And to show their appreciation, they held their Customer Appreciation Day celebrating their 90th anniversary, selling their hot dogs, their regular Salem Smokehouse dog, which normally is priced at $2.95 a hot dog for $0.90. And there was no limit. All day Wednesday, every Ted's location, open to close, any hot dog you want, any of their regular Ted's hot dogs, $0.90. The lines were wrapped all the way around. Me, I wouldn't just pay. I I wouldn't wait in line for hours for $0.90. I'm more than happy to pay $2.95. I'll tell you something. I wouldn't buy a $5,000 burger, but a hot dog from Ted's, absolutely worth five or ten bucks and it's far more enjoyable little ketchup the way they put the mustard on with the stick relish a pickle little onions some onion rings on the side or some fries oh my mouth is watering ted's hot dogs happy 90th birthday a buffalo institution if any of you ever get to buffalo or get to the phoenix area find a ted's location get a ted's Charbroiled dog foot line extra well done. You will thank me. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following the general, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what the general is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Tradition. 
traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Next hour, we will feature in our Cigar Masters series, Nestor Placencia Jr. of Placencia Cigars, Placencia Tobacco, with multiple farms and factories in Honduras and Nicaragua. And they have formed a new distribution center to import and distribute their own cigar brands in Miami entitled Placencia 1865. They will be introducing six new cigar brands. And the first brand that they are introducing or have introduced is the new Placencia Alma Fuerte. Now, Alma means soul in Spanish. Fuerte means strong. So, strong soul. And when you look at these cigars, the packaging, everything about it says strong. Full-flavored, beautiful, incredible, chocolatey, oily wrapper. Just a magnificent-looking cigar. Super premium cigars. These cigars are going to be in the $20 to $22 category. They're going to the high end of the market. And when you open up the box, the 10-count box has a very unique, unexpected twist. The lid doubles as an ashtray you flip it over it's got uh, beautiful wood and in the center it's got almost looks like a uh, a metal embossed plate with the placentia name and the placentia p logo that is embossed upon it it is an amazing looking box incredible cigars let me tell you about it come in three different sizes the box pressed nestor four which is what i'm going to enjoy today Six and a quarter inches in length with a 54 ring gauge or 54 sixty-fourths of an inch in diameter. The Generation 5, 7 by 58 box press Solomon, big cigar. And the Sixto 2, it is a hexagonally pressed six-sided 6 by 60. Very unique shape, very, very unique look all the way around. Ten count boxes. I would say these are medium plus to full flavored, but they are not overpowering. A lot of flavor. The tobacco comes from four different growing regions. Esteli, Condega, Jalapa, and Ometepe in Nicaragua. Primary seed component is Criollo 98. It is a beautiful looking cigar. Again, not inexpensive. In fact, the first time I saw these cigars, I, first of all, I just was blown away by the look, the packaging, and when I smoked it, 
you want to eat this cigar. It is magnificent. Incredibly smooth, incredibly rich. A lot of flavor. And this is the first of five in the Alma series. And they also have their new Placencia Cosecha 144 line that will be made with tobacco harvested in 2009. And the Placencia 1865 name refers to the year that their forefather, Eduardo Placencia, began growing tobacco in the Canary Islands. So we will talk with Nestor Placencia Jr. The entire second hour, fascinating story. Cannot wait to get my chompers onto this Placencia Alma Fuerte, magnificent looking Toro. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for cutting maneuvers. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories, I have what looks to be, we call this the, uh, we're calling this the grenade, but we have upgraded this grenade. This is now called the GR2 for Grenade 2 because I told them to go back to the drawing board. I didn't like how it felt in the hand. It felt good. But I wanted something a little sleeker with a little bit bigger tank. They have come up with it. Big, giant SST-type flame. That's what I will use today on my Placencia Alma Fuerte. Incredible-looking Toro. I'm telling you, I want to eat this damn cigar. It looks so good. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will gently now toast the foot of this magnificent looking cigar, taking my time, never in a rush. And this Nestor four, six and a quarter inches in length, 54 ring gauge, absolutely magnificent. And by the way, if you are a member of our officers club, you enjoyed in January the Placencia Classic, which Another magnificent cigar, very mild and smooth, very uh, unique cigar, and their Placencia Reserva Organica, all organic cigar, mild and creamy, magnificent. All right, I will now puff and rotate. Mm. Oh yeah, great draw. Mm. Incredible flavor. Wow. Let me blow on the foot of this magnificent cigar. My cigar is now lit. Let me take several puffs. Mm. This is great. This is so smooth. A lot of flavor, but incredibly smooth. Beautiful looking cigar. The Placencia Alma Fuerte. Limited availability. I think it's in about 50 stores, but you will see this in more retailers across the country. This will be an absolute Home run, bar none. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. At the Cigar Day Valfo Pleasure Fest on the flight line, February 4th, earlier this month, Sommelier Dave Cavanis, our resident sommelier, had a special gift for me. Now, first, Jerry Alexander from Brown Foreman had a bottle of Jack Daniels number 27 gold that I raved and just went on and on about last week. It's magnificent. Double fermented and aged in maple barrels. Great Jack Daniels addition to the lineup. Only available for export now. 
And Samanier Dave gave me a bottle of Trump vodka in honor of the 45th president of the United States, fellow alpha male, Donald J. Trump. And I've got a bottle of this magnificent-looking vodka, not even in production anymore, except available for distribution in Israel, of all places. Big sales in Israel, especially around Passover, because the vodka doesn't use any grains. It uses potatoes, like Russian vodka. We make vodka with potatoes. Give me my babushka and have vodka. Life is good. Make vodka great again. Well, this is a magnificent-looking bo- bottle. It looks like Trump Tower. Gold, and actually uses a very ornate gold on the bottle. These bottles cost a lot of money to produce. Now, Trump Vodka was additionally was originally made and launched in the U.S. 2005. Ceased production in 2011. It was distributed by Drinks America. And at the time, Donald Trump predicted it would outsell Grey Goose Vodka. Well, it didn't. He also said that when mixed with tonic, the libation would now be known as a TNT, Trump and tonic. So it didn't do so great. However, it's a very unique vodka, and I'm going to open I already opened it up earlier this week, so I'm going to open up this bottle of Trump vodka. Huge. I mean, wait, you see a picture of this we're, we're going to post. Huge bottle. Looks like Trump Tower for a little bit. And I'm not a big vodka guy. I've got to admit, I'm a brown spirits guy. Vodka, to me, as a friend of mine described it, it's like corn. It goes in the same way it goes out and doesn't do anything for you. Now, I love corn. And I love bourbons where the primary ingredient is corn. And by law, for bourbon to be called bourbon, it must be made primarily majority of corn, 51%. But not a big vodka guy. I'm not a big screwdriver guy, not a big Bloody Mary guy. I love my brown spirits. Love a little sipping tequila, love cognac, a little bit of wine. So let us do this. I will say cheers. Really neutral on the on the nose, not much to, to smell. Take a sip. Mm. Warm going down. Again, I'm not a big vodka guy, but this isn't bad. Definitely tastes a little different than Finlandia or some of the other absolute. But again, I'm not a big vodka guy, but I will say one more time, cheers to making America great. Cheers to the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And cheers to draining the Washington, D.C. swamp, because it is an absolute swamp infested with alligators and snakes and rats, and it must be cleaned up. But relatively innocuous vodka, but for the novelty, I got to uh, got to sample it, so I will enjoy it today. Personally, I think I would really enjoy some Woodford Reserve, or even a little bit of of uh, I could see right now having some of that Glen Rodich 12 with this magnificent Placencia Alma Fuerte. And I'll tell you another thing that I would enjoy right now: one of those Ted's char grilled hot dogs to celebrate their 90th anniversary. Sergeant Steve, you have been to Buffalo many times. You have been to events where we've got Colonel Ange grilling the Salem Smokehouse dogs. That's what Ted's uh, sells. 
What did you think of those Salem Smokehouse dogs? I had one at the Alpha Pleasure Flesh at the flight line just a couple weeks ago. It was wonderful. Fantastic. And, and, and Colonel Ange taught them exactly the proper way to char it on the outside, get it nice and well done, top it off with some ketchup, some mustard. It was wonderful. You got to have that crispy, natural casing. You got to stick the fork in it throughout cooking. You got to have it nice and well charred. You can't have it. It's got to be well done. It, it's got to have that snap to it. Yes, it does. Yeah, if, if, it, if it doesn't snap when you, when you bite into it, it's not worth it. Now, you're a Cincinnati guy. So Cincinnati, Cincinnati known for their chili, known for Montgomery and ribs, uh, not really known for hot dogs. Well, you can have the Coney. The cheese coney. Yeah, no, but no, the hot dogs themselves aren't the feature of a cheese coney, like the Salem's hot dogs are. The chili right. is the feature on the coney, which well, I do. I do brand? love. I do love a Skyline coney. Yeah, but what's the big like? What brand do they sell of hot dog? Uh, I don't even know what they put. See, on you there. don't even know. Yeah, no, but, the hot dog's not the feature of it. The chili is. Right, right, but Salem's that is the feature. Their smokehouse dog, the spices, spiciness, the the taste, the crack. It is absolutely fantastic. Now, when you think of hot dogs, you think of peanuts, you think of Cracker Jacks, you think of baseball. Spring training began last night. Well, I should say the first game began last night, at least uh, for our Tampa Bay Rays. But as you know, I'm a huge football fan. I could skip baseball season. I know, Sergeant Steve, you're a big baseball connoisseur. So you love baseball. I love football you, and baseball. Yeah, you I'm, love I'm both. a fan of both. But you love you love those nine and a half hour baseball games where the pitcher scratches his crotch eighteen hundred times while he's on the mound, steps out of the mound. You know, it's one of those things where it's one of those. It, it just it takes so long to me. Automate the process. Let's let's with the technology today get rid of the home plate umpire except for calls when somebody is going to slide into home. Let's speed it up. Let's put an eighteen second clock as soon as the pitcher gets the ball. He's got to release that ball. Let's speed it up. Let's make baseball want, great want, again. Let's, let's raise, make raise baseball, the lower part let, of the strike zone, force pitchers to throw strikes in the hitting zone so hitters put the ball in play more often. That's the I problem agree. with baseball. And standardize the strike zone. You can do it electronically. These people would say, well, I'm a purist. I like that it's a cerebral game. Maybe so, but baseball is, unless you jazz it up and you excite it, you're going to have problems. I know there's an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago, NASCAR, I didn't realize this. Did you know that NASCAR's TV ratings Not good. over the last five years are down over 50%? And NBC had a big meeting with NASCAR officials at the NBC Sports headquarters in Stamford earlier this year to uh, talk about ways to stem the tide. And there's also bickering within the France family and drivers aren't happy. I didn't realize 50% television ratings decline. That is huge. Well, not only that, but their naming rights, they just switched from Sprint to Monster Energy this year. Uh, initially, they were hoping for $100 million a year. They were asking 35 They got 20 That is correct. They got $20 million and a far cry, even though they threw a big party last week, I think, in Kansas City to launch that. Look, I'm not a big NASCAR fan. I don't get watching a car driving around a one-mile, one one-and-a-half-mile oval 688 times, that doesn't excite me. Just not my thing. Now, I don't begrudge and I don't degrade those people that do. A lot of people love it. A lot of people love the interaction with the drivers. That's just not my thing. I mean, I'll go to you know probably a dozen baseball games a year, but football, to me, is what excites me. By the way, Steve, would you like to know how many days until the first, their first pro or college game the NFL Hall of Fame game, 
in Canton, Ohio is always the first game. And usually college usually starts now around, what, August 20th? It's starting earlier and earlier. It's usually Labor Day weekend or usually about the Thursday before Labor Day weekend. So Yeah. How many do you would you like to know how many days between now from today until the first game? Not that I'm counting or anything. Well, I need to start counting down, so please, yes. One hundred and fifty nine days. Fantastic. Now here's what I'd like you to do. We had an operation. Trump inauguration, Make America Great Again counter on CigarDave.com. We started July 2015. We took it all the way down to zero to the inauguration. He won. Let's put up an operation, a countdown until Operation Snap the Football so that we can keep track of the days, the hours, the minutes, and the seconds until football is back once again. We'd be happy to do that. That is your mission. I choose even to accept I know it. My, Yes, even though I know my Buffalo Bills are going to be a disaster. By the way, yesterday, uh, Thursday, they announced that Vice President of Communications Scott Berktold was whacked. Got a copy of the home game. Bye-bye after, I think, 17 or 19 years with the Bills. Now they're saying he's a special consultant. Let me translate. They're going to pay him out until his contract is done or his severance is done. This should have happened a long time ago. I was on with Bucky Gleason and Jerry Sullivan on their show, uh, December of 2015. And I came on at the time, and I said, listen, there's four major problems with the Buffalo Bills. Number one, they need to change. they got to get rid of their CEO, Russ Brandon. I like Russ Brandon. I think he's a great guy. He's an accomplished guy, but sometimes you need to change. I said their general manager, Doug Whaley, is a disaster. His trade, and especially trading up and tripling down on E.J. Manuel, trading up in the draft for Sammy Watkins, unmitigated disaster. He's got to go. The third person that had to go, I said, is Jim Overdorf, the VP of Football Administration, part of the problem. And the fourth, I said, was Scott Berktold, the VP of Communications. So one down, three to go. But I will tell you, the Buffalo Bills are not going to be great. This has got to be the first time in world history that there is a billionaire who happens to be a beta owner of a professional sports franchise. Terry Pagula is a genuinely nice guy. He's a loyal guy. He's an honest guy. He has tremendous integrity. Not in any way, shape, or form going after that. But when it comes to being decisive, beta male, beta. Should have immediately cleaned house when he bought the Buffalo Sabres. That's turned out to be a disaster. Same thing with the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a long time until our Buffalo Bills or my Buffalo Bills are great. And your Bengals win. At least they've made the playoffs. My Bills, no chance in hell. Bengals should be better this year. But I also think in the last two weeks we've seen another billionaire owner who's pretty weak, and that's James Dolan of the Knicks. Oh, there's another one. I'll tell you, that's a total fiasco and a total disaster. But I will say this. The commissioner of the NBA looks a little dweeby, i got to say, but he's an alpha. He called up. He brought both parties in. He got the owner. He got the player, the former player involved, and boom, got them together and got the problem resolved. That is being an alpha. Lieutenants, when we come back, much more to get to. Hour number two, our special Cigar Master Series, Nestor Placencia Jr. of Placencia Cigars will be joining us. Stay there. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. 
America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. One of the things that I miss most while traveling are hot stewardesses. I remember the first time I took a plane ride when I was, I think, five years old, six years old. United Flight 977 from Buffalo to Miami. United Airlines Sunbird Service left Buffalo 7 in the morning, nonstop flights, and they had them to Fort Lauderdale and to Palm Beach and Tampa and Orlando. Sunbird Service, I remember it very well. Boeing 727. The stewardesses were smoking hot back then. They were hot in the 70s, sometime even in the 80s. Somewhere along the line, the stewardesses, or as they are referred to now, the flight attendants, not so much, not so hot anymore. Well, the hottest flight attendants by far, Virgin Atlantic. I remember I was in Miami a few years ago, a few summers ago. I'm at the Intercontinental Hotel staying downtown. I come down to the lobby getting my coffee, and I look behind my shoulder and I see two swarms of gorgeous stewardesses, gorgeous flight attendants in their 20s and 30s, blonde, brunettes, voluptuous, great legs, walking past me. Well, Aeroflot is now the Russian airline is blocking old, fat, and ugly female flight attendants from working on international routes according to their staff, and I say, what the hell took them so long? Who wants to see a Russian flight attendant wearing a babushka anyway? I want to see some of those hot Eastern European dames. And the employees claim 
The airline has restricted the duties of cabin crew members who are over 40 and are plumper than a U.S. dress size 14. And I say, good, finally, they're right. I want a hot flight attendant. What's wrong with a size zero, a size two, or a size four with a big rack and legs that go from Miami all the way up to New York? Nothing. Is that being politically correct? You're damn right. Who the hell cares? I like hot dames. Cigar Masters series coming up next, hour number two. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown. As you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, I'm thoroughly enjoying my Placencia Alma Fuerte that I fired up during the National Cigar Litation Ceremony. The aroma is incredible. The taste is incredible. And this hour, we are going to spend the entire hour talking with Nestor Placencia Jr., from Nicaragua, we'll talk about this great Almafuerte. We'll also talk about the Placencia Classic and the Placencia Reserva Organica, both of which were featured as our January 2017 Officers Club selections, as well as their vast number of farms and factories. The Placencia name you may have heard, you may not be as familiar because they're usually behind the scenes making cigars for others, but that is about to change. Nestor Placencia Jr., our special guest today on the Cigar Dave Show. And we welcome you back to our number two. And as always, don't forget to follow me along at so- on social media, Twitter at Cigar Dave Show, Facebook Cigar Dave, Instagram Cigar Dave. Go to CigarDave.com. Upper right, you'll see all of our social media feeds follow along. And it's my pleasure to welcome joining us from one of their many factories in Central America, from their Nicaraguan factory. My pleasure to welcome Nestor Placencia Jr., longtime friend, as well as his dad, Nestor Sr. Nestor, great to have you. The first time we've had you on the show. It's been uh, 22 years. It's been too long. We should have had you on before, but welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a great honor to be with you, Dave. And, uh, we were waiting for this uh, occasion many years, but now is the time. So we're thank you for for your invitation. My pleasure, Nestor. Let's talk a little history of the Placencia family because many people may have heard the name Placencia. You make cigars for many others. We'll get to that. Been very very prominent in tobacco growing. But give us a history. Give us some background, the roots of the Placencia family in the cigar business. That would be my pleasure. Uh, everything starts in 1865, uh, a long time ago. Eduardo Placencia, which is the first generation of the Placencia family that fall in love with tobacco, 
came from Canary Island to the area of San Luis, Pinal del Rio, in the area of uh, Vuelta Bajo, where the best tobacco in Cuba is grown, and start uh, growing tobacco. Then in, uh, his uh, nephew, Sixto Placencia Juarez, which is my great-grandfather, start uh, working for him and, uh, and start growing their business together. And in 1898, uh, he started uh, his own farm in El Corojal, also in the Vuelta Bajo area. He's in the second generation. Uh, then keep growing tobacco for years. And then his sons formed the company Hijos de Sixto Placencia, which means sons of Sixto Placencia, and they start following the traditions and growing tobacco. Uh, then my grandfather uh, built a very nice business in Cuba. You know, they're selling tobacco for the main factories in Cuba, export some tobacco as well, so they have a very nice business. But in 1963, they were confiscated by the Cuban Revolution. Uh, so they lost everything, actually, and then 19... 65, they have to move back to Nicaragua. And imagine that you have to move with so only the things that you have in your pocket, man, uh, with your family. And they start uh, a new life in Nicaragua. So my family was actually the first family that came to Nicaragua as a husband, wife, and the kids. And I started all over from the scratch. So I respect all these, all what all these guys have done, you know. All my ancestors have, have achieved and all the hard work and the ethics that they have is what my father uh, put to us. And, uh, and that's, very, that's a very important lesson that we have learned from them. Uh, so, Nestor, you would be the fifth generation going back yes. from when your, uh, your, your relative Eduardo Placencia started, started in the tobacco business in 1865, correct? Yes, that's fine. That's true. Uh, I'm in my brothers were the fifth generation, and uh, we want uh, we work hard in order to have 20 more generations to come. You know, we love this industry so much. Well, and it's very apparent because whenever I see you at these cigar retailers conventions and and see you out and about, the passion that you have, and your dad as well, who's also a uh, a wonderful gentleman, and everybody remarks on the same thing: you all have the passion for it. Uh, you live it, you breathe it. You know, your your dad works probably harder today than he ever has and keeps working harder every year when, you know, he's got you and your brother that could easily pick up a lot of the uh, pick up a lot of the work, but that's not how he is. And the whole family really very involved. And you're bigger today than you've ever been. Yes, yes. Thank God, you know, the the industry have trust in us. People like what we're doing, and uh, but we, we, we don't believe that we're working because we love this so much that we enjoyed every aspect of it. You know, the farming, the pre-industry where you select and ferment the tobacco, the cigar manufacturing, and now we're so exciting with this new company, Placencia 1865, that is uh, a new a new side, a new bride of excitement that we're having. Connected for the with the final consumer, you know that what was the only thing that we're, we're missing to be really uh, vertical integrated. Well, we'll talk about Placencia 1865 because, as I mentioned, that Alma Fuerte that I'm smoking today, absolutely off the charts. The packaging is incredible. We'll describe that in a little bit. Nestor Placencia Jr., our guest, the entire hour on the Cigar Dave Show from Placencia 1865, the Placencia. Uh, family down in Nicaragua and Honduras, Central America. Nestor, tell us, how many farms do you have and how many factories does the Placencia family have now? 
We we own four different factories, uh, two in Nicaragua and two in two in Honduras. Uh, in cigar cigar farms, uh, we we own uh, in Nica in Honduras we own five different farms. In Nicaragua, we we own three different farms. Uh, but it's, uh, it's in the, in the major areas of growing tobacco in both countries. So we grow about uh, more than three thousand acres of tobacco every year every year between the both countries. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Nestor. Aren't you the largest grower of tobacco, I believe, in the world? Yes. When you talk about uh, Havana seed tobacco, yes, we are. If you if you take uh, the country the the country of Cuba, uh, and uh, we're very proud of that, and that uh, means a big uh, achievement that we have that we have uh, achieved, and uh, and uh, it's a big responsibility as well. So we have to keep working in order to have uh, we have six thousand people working for us as well. Wow. So. That's a big responsibility to keep their jobs, and uh, and uh, we have amazing team of, of amazing group of people that is uh, we working together every day, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. That is an amazing number, six thousand employees between the Placencia Farms, the Placencia factories, as well as uh, here in the United States. That's a huge number. That is a large operation, which I think. Certainly has got to be amongst the largest. I'm thinking of how many people Altadas has in the Dominican and their Honduras factory. Uh, General Cigar, Fuente. I don't think anybody comes close. Yeah, uh, but I don't know their numbers, but uh, we have, and that's why my father has built that. Because he started, he started from scratch also when, when we lose everything back in Nicaragua. So we lost everything twice, and... Uh, he says, you know, that's because uh, maybe because of all the bad things that happened, we wouldn't be in this position. So it's uh, my father is a great guy that I respect so much and the hard working and the ethics. And uh, it's, it's amazing. So now let's so, talk about uh, that during the Sandinista, yes. during the revolution. They came in, they burned the farms, they burned the factories. How many farms and factories were destroyed by uh, the Sandinistas going back, what now, 30 years? Yeah, that was in uh, 1978. It uh, was really bad. Uh, we have we and during that time we just growing tobacco in in the area of Jalapa. Uh, so we have to move because uh, most of the Cuban immigrants that was working in tobacco were associated with uh, Somoza, was the former president during that time, and the Sandinista was fighting them. So we have to move. We have to leave, and uh, they they burned. Uh, Fuente factory that they have here. They burned the Padron factory, and uh, it was a very, very bad times. And uh, during that time, we have to move to Honduras. That's why we have operations in both countries. You know, many people think that everything is an overnight success. That you, you got to six thousand employees. You have you have a total of now eight farms, four factories. That it just happened overnight. One thing I will say about the cigar business, and the Fuentes have shown it. You've shown it. It's never easy. There's always been challenges, whether it's a hostile government, whether it is uh, uh, atmospheric conditions, whether it's mold, whether it's rain, Mother Nature. Yet the one common trait is the resiliency of families in the cigar business to say, okay, we've had a setback. Maybe we're three steps back. Now we're going to take four or five steps forward. And that has continued so it's never easy. Everybody thinks it's just it's just uh, everything is easy. It's success. That's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. And uh, we have to work hard. 
Uh, but we, we have to see all these bad things, all these challenges as an opportunities. And uh, that's what our family history has been taught us for many years. So, And uh, especially when all these FDA came, you know, everybody was afraid and everything. So the first thing that my dad says, and I respect him so much, that he said, you know, I've been thrown out of Cuba with nothing in my pockets. Then I've been out of Nicaragua with nothing in my pocket. So this FDA thing will not, will not uh, stop us. We'll find a way, you know. So that's the attitude that we have. Well, I know you know Benji Menendez, who's from Cuba originally, uh, the Menendez and Garcia factory, and he's worked for Altadas and General Cigar and Tabacalera. And he told me the same thing, Nestor. He said, you know, we had money, then we were forced out of Cuba, and we had nothing. We started over again, and we had nothing. He said, the one thing they can't take away from you is your intellect, your mind, and your desire uh, to work and to succeed. And I think that is emblematic of certainly many families in the cigar business. And from what you just told me, from when your dad uh, and the family had to leave Cuba and then Nicaragua, but they always had the knowledge and they always had the determination to 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 strive to achieve and be successful. Yes, and it's amazing. And it's a big responsibility for us as the fifth generation to continue that legacy and to keep working and, and the power of the word, you know. That's the most important thing. If you put your word on and the people trust in you, you have to you have to commit it to that. And uh, that's a beautiful thing that that we will keep uh, giving to our children for the next generation to come as well. Nestor Placencia Jr., our guest the entire hour on this edition of the Cigar Dave Show with our Cigar Masters series. We'll talk uh, more with Nestor about the new Placencia 1865 Cigar Company in the U.S. We'll talk more about their four factories and their eight farms in Central America. We'll talk about some of the brands that they make for others. We'll get into everything. A fascinating uh, family, the Placencia family, been around now in the cigar and tobacco growing business since 1865. 152 years. We shall continue front and center. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Rocky Patel sampler, including the Rocky Patel Decade. This cigar showcases a rare, gorgeous Sumatra wrapper and a secret binder and filler blend. The Rocky Patel Decade is a rich and toasty, medium to full-bodied smoke with flavors of espresso, dark chocolate, and white pepper with a silky smooth finish. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at Cigar. Cigardave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. 
Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. The Cigar Dave Show, your passport to unabashed pleasure. We continue our Cigar Masters series, spending this entire hour with Nestor Placencia Jr. of Placencia Cigars, Placencia Tobacco, as well as their new Placencia 1865 distribution arm in the United States. We'll talk about some of their brands, including the incredible Placencia Almafuerte that I am enjoying today here on the Cigar Dave Show. Nestor, you're joining us from one of your factories down in Nicaragua. Let's talk about the when your dad began, had to leave Nicaragua, went to Honduras. Tell us about where he first set up and uh, the first cigars he made and the first tobacco grown and who he made it for. Yeah, uh, when we moved in, uh, to Honduras from Nicaragua, that was in uh, 1978, and uh, my father started uh, growing tobacco uh, right away. He started renting some farms and get some loans in the bank because he had some customers in the United States that still need some tobacco. Uh, so he started growing very fast. But in 1981, the blue mold came and destroyed all the plantations in one day. That was amazing. You know, that was devastating what he, what he saw. Uh, so that was very, very bad times of the, the early 80s. So uh, then a, a new uh, fungicide appears. The name is Rido Meal, so you can be able to produce some uh, tobacco. Then the blue mold get resistant to the rhythm meal, to the to the fungicide. So they're very bad until they create a new new hybrid, new variety resistant to that, and that start to see the light again out of the tunnel. So that was very very bad times. But in 1985, he decided. Uh, so let me let me make some cigars in order to see you know to be more vertical integrated, and we start making cigars uh, for Santa Clara. I remember the making cigars for Lou Rodman during those days. Uh, also, the brand, uh, the brand uh, Blenders Gold, that was distributed by Walgreens during those days. Those ones are the first customers that we have. Then the switcher came with the brand bearing and then start things uh, to move a little bit uh, faster and growing a little bit. And uh, my father always said, you know, we have to be, we have to make great cigars in order to people came back. And buy back and buy again from us. So that's the, that's how we started in the in the cigar manufacturing in 1985. And that was in Honduras. That's actually Tabacos de Oriente. Uh, that was the, the company that we have in the, those days. 
Nestor, I remember the uh, the bearing was very well. Uh, that was a great cigar. You also made some other uh, cigars for Swisher. There was a bundled cigar that the name escapes me, but when I started the show 22 years ago, I remember smoking the cigar, and it. Uh, I think it'll come to me, but I think at the time they were like a dollar twenty-five each, hand-rolled yeah. cigars. And I remember Jewel Abash from Swisher gave me some to try, and I said, Jewel, these things should be at the time. I mean, four or five dollars was big. I said, these are unbelievable cigars, and I can't. La Primadora, La Primadora, La, La Primadora, was, was the, yes, La Primadora, great. I mean, I'm telling you, Nestor, those cigars were off the charts for a dollar twenty-five at the time. That was uh, the idea is to have a very good cigar for the for the for the money, and uh, we're still making some La Primadora and some and some bearing for the cigars, uh, JR cigars. They still sell, right. sell those, and it's still a great cigar for the price. And uh, that was uh, fun days, you know, and hard days, <laughs> but a, but a lot of fun, but a lot of fun. I was Listen, a little I kid. I, I was a little kid during those days. Uh, my right. father took me to the farms, and once a little child, I was going also with my grandfather. And uh, but I'm start. I was working on the on the factories, also on the pre-industry, all the holidays, all holidays. He put us to work, and I and and I and I uh, love that. Well, during those days, to be honest, not much because all my friends were were playing, and I was working. But now I appreciate that because I I learned a lot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, and you know, you bring up a good point, Nestor, because your father wanted to expose you to every part of the business from seed to to the time the cigar gets in the box. And the only way you learn, and my father taught this to me, my grandfather, the only way you learn a business is to know every part of it. When I see people today that say, well, I'm an MBA and I've never been in the restaurant business or I've never been in the real estate business as if it's a sign of uh, a badge of honor, I look at them and I say, that's not great. Would, let me ask you: Would you want a brain surgeon operate a neurosurgeon operating on you, if uh, if he was, never went to medical school? And the answer is no. So your dad and your family made sure you learned every aspect. And today, as you run the company with your father and your brother, you know you know every part of the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We appreciate that, and uh, and we love it so much. We love it so much, and uh, the the fact that you were able to do it. And most of, the, and I think one of the very important things is that you gain the respect of the people, of the of right. your teamwork. Because if you are only the son of the owner, you know, and you don't do it, you don't work hard, you know, it's hard to follow. That's a that's a leadership that you want to have. You know that the people follow you because you are hardworking and you work together with them. And that's what my father taught us. Well, one thing I know, Nestor, is you and your dad and your brother, you're not taking three-hour executive lunches, your feet propped up, coming in at uh, 10 o'clock, leaving at 3 o'clock. Doesn't work. You're there early, and you leave late. And I know that from all these cigar manufacturers that tell me that uh, the Placencias all work extremely hard. Nestor Placencia Jr. of Placencia Tobacco, Placencia Cigars, the new Placencia 1865 cigar company here in the United States. Our special guest on our Cigar Masters series the entire hour. Joining us from Nicaragua, when we come back, we will get into some of the brands they make for others and their new Placencia 1865 venture. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today.
Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. The foremost authority on cigars, spirits, diversions, and the good life. The General Cigar Dave. We continue our Cigar Masters series, spending the entire hour with Nestor Placencia Jr. of Placencia Cigars and Tobacco, joining us from one of their four factories in Central America. He's at uh, one of the Nicaraguan factories. And Nestor, now you're the fifth generation. In addition to yourself, you have two other brothers that are at Placencia. Why don't we... Mention them because they're uh, they're going to play an important role in the company as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, the other two brothers are Gustavo Placencia, who's my older brother. He's now in charge of uh, helping big time in uh, Placencia 1865, working in the logistics that everything were, uh, works well, that's smooth. And I have my younger brother, which is Jose Luis Placencia. He just uh, graduated from university two years ago, and he's. Uh, Working on the fields as as I did, you know, working in all the aspects of the of the con- of the company, and now is uh, doing a very good things and a new kind of uh, irrigation system that we're installing on the field. So we're happy that we have most of the family members on board. It's a big company, so we have to have more people to help us, and they're doing a great job. And everybody gets along. Everybody uh, knows their role. And really, there's no titles uh, at Placencia. Everybody just does everything, correct? Yes, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. We sit together. We talk. Uh, we see each other every day at the farms or the factories. And we see each other at the house also. So it's, uh, well, I know it's a that, blessing. Well, we're blessed. Well, I know I, I've been down at Rocky Patel's offices many times when he picks up the phone. He goes, I need to talk to Nestor. Gets right through. There's no assistance. He gets right through on the cell phone, and most of the time, he's at one of the farms or on the floors of one of the factories. But I think that's the the accessibility, the fact that you work so uh, closely with all the people that you make cigars for, as well as uh, farmers, as well as other other tobacco that you purchase. I know you work with the Olivas and the Perezes from ASP. Uh, really, a uh, a very close knit uh, industry. Yes, it is. It is. We see each other as our colleagues, as my dad always said, you know, we're colleagues. We work this as a very small industry, so we work together. 
and we want to have everybody do good. And the only way is to have great tobacco and make great cigars for this um, amazing industry. Before we get into some of the other uh, uh, cigars, the, the manufacturers, the, the, uh, the distributors that you make for, let's talk about your background. Now, you said you started with your grandfather and your father when you were young, working on the factory floor and the fields, working on holidays. Tell us where you went to school and, and when you joined the company. Yeah, I went to school in Danle, Honduras. I was uh, grow there and raised there because we, we have the, uh, the companies there. Uh, and then I went to an agriculture university called El Zamorano, which is a very good university for agriculture. I have people from all over Latin America. It's run by the United States. Uh, I have a PhD and everything. So it was a very tough years, but uh, I enjoyed it very much. I always want to be in the family company, work with uh, side with my dad. And uh, that, was, that was good, you know, and, uh, because we focus a big time in the quality of the tobacco that we grow. Because you cannot make great cigars without great tobacco. And, and, and the fields is where everything starts. We said it's where the magic starts. We put a lot of paper the, there. Where the magic happens. Let's talk about the farms. You have four farms, two in Honduras, two in Nicaragua. Tell us the types of tobaccos that you grow and how the growth. Tell us about the growth of how much more you're planning today than numerous years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have the farm, for example, the beauty of here of Nicaragua and Honduras is the different kind of soils and different kind of microclimates. We call it the triangle of success. If you have the soil, if you have the climate, but especially if you have the human talent, the know-how, the people who really have passion for doing a great job. So Esteli, for example, is a tobacco, it's a soil very, very dark, very heavy, rich in, in organic materials, give you a tobacco bolder, fuller. And then on the other hand, you have Jalapa, which have more humidity. The soils, the soils are more sandy, so it gives you amazing wrapper. Then we have far, then we have uh, tobacco that we grow in Condega, which is the middle of those. And then we grow tobacco in the island of Ometepe as well, which is a tiny island with two volcanoes of ears. Imagine the richness of those tobacco. In Honduras, we have the famous Hamastran Valley, uh, which is a great tobacco as well. A lot of sweetness in those tobacco. We grow a lot of uh, Connecticut shade grown uh, in the Talanga Valley. Uh, it's an amazing farm. Uh, we have uh, amazing weather where we, where we are growing most of our Connecticut shade right now. And we have Olancho San Agustin as well in Honduras. Uh, now, yes. Now, I want, to, I want to talk about the two, the, two the, the Connecticut shade and the San Agustin. These, first of all, the San Augustine is a wonderful wrapper. That the flavor on that uh, on that wrapper is amazing. Very smooth, a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of spice. Very impressive wrapper. Tell us about that. That's uh, a valley is in the in the state of uh, Olancho in Honduras. Uh, is in the middle of the forest, so it's a very unique microclimate where you have the reddish color on the wrapper, as you said. The soil is red, a lot of iron and a lot of richness as well. So that give you those specific that you just mentioned. And uh, we're far away from not there's not not a lot of tobacco farms inside, so the tobacco is very clean and uh, amazing tobacco, amazing tobacco. And talk about that Connecticut shade because is that is that grown under tarpaulin cloths? Yes, it's growing on the cloth that that uh, give you about thirty percent of shade that makes the leaves looking for the sun to grow bigger, the veins are smaller, uh, and you have the right humidity conditions in order to have the right colors. Connecticut seed 
is one of the most difficult seeds to grow because uh, it's very susceptible to disease, uh, very fragile. Like the, the leaves can break easily. So we form a nice team of people over there that we grow in a good amount of Connecticut seeds right now, especially for the premium cigars and for mass market. Uh, we support that for Europe uh, and also for the United States. How does the flavor of the Connecticut shade that you grow in Honduras differ from, let's say, Connecticut, USA, and then Ecuadorian Connecticut? I think the sweetness that it has is what makes it different because of the, the uh, amount of sunlight that we have. We believe that tobacco needs a little bit of sun, even though we have the cheesecloth covering, they still have more sun than in Ecuador, for example, that is always cloudy. And that gives you a specific flavor. And uh, it's making it a little bit expensive, the, all the investment that you have to have with the poles and the cheesecloth and everything. But at the end, the result is great. Uh, we're using those uh, tobacco, for example, in Billiger Talanga cigar, uh, Alec Bradley American uh, Market Selection, uh, some of the Rocky Patel uh, cigars that we make, and the and the and the and the taste is is good. It has a little sweetiness uh, finish to the taste. And how much? Well, t- tell us about some of the cigars that are using the Honduran Connecticut shade that you're growing. The Honduran Connecticut shade. We're doing some of the some of the rocky stuff are doing it, and we also sell that tobacco, for example, to General Cigar that they're using in some in some of their blends and other manufacturers as well. Because remember that we grow tobacco for the for bigger cigar factories also, like Altadis, like General Davidoff, uh, Manolo Quesada, Matasa. We grow some tobacco from Bruce State as well, so they're using some of those tobaccos there. Really, there's nobody in the cigar industry you don't deal with, whether it's other manufacturers, other distributors, between the tobacco that you grow as well as the cigars that you make. You deal with everybody. We deal with mostly everybody, and uh, that's a big responsibility for us because all these big companies, all these amazing people have trust on us, and uh, which is a big responsibility also. If either or we are growing the tobacco for them or we're making cigars, so we have a, a very good uh, team of people that take care of them, and uh, the relationships are amazing. That's why we see everybody as a colleague. Nestor Placencia Jr. of Placencia Tobacco, Placencia Cigars down in Central America, as well as the new Placencia 1865 Cigar Company in the U.S. is our guest on our Cigar Master Series. Our final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. 
$22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. As a wussified beta male, departing as a certified alpha male. Cigar Dave, mission accomplished. In 1865, Eduardo Placencia began growing tobacco in the Canary Islands 152 years ago. And five generations later, the Placencias, stronger than ever in the world of cigar tobacco, as well as manufacturing cigars, Nestor Placencia Jr., our guest on our Cigar Masters series, final and concluding segment, uh, about 10 minutes to go. So, Nestor, I want to make these 10 minutes every second count. You have made cigars for many others. We talked about Swisher going way back some 25, 30 years ago, as well as for JR Cigars. And now I know that you make cigars for Cigars International Famous. But let's talk about some of the well-known distributors, manufacturers uh, that you make for, because the names are huge. Rocky Patel, Altadis, Casada, Alec Bradley, uh, Regis, you make cigars for some European distributors. So let's talk about your relationships with those manufacturers and distributors. It's been, it's been, it's been a great, it's been a, a nice journey. All these guys have so passion for this industry. They work so hard. And the, beauty, and the beauty thing is that they trust in us in order to give the responsibility to make their cigars. We work together in the blending. They select the cigars. Uh, we have an open farm, uh, uh, farms and open factories for them. They can come here. We can blend. We can Because we see this as a teamwork. Working for Rocky, for example, we've been we're working for Rocky since the 90s when he started with the Indian, Indian tobacco cigars. Uh, we have uh, the Edge, the Decade, you know, all these brands. Are the, they can have a 95 uh, rating of Cigar Aficionado, and uh, it's been great. Also with Alan from Alec Bradley, amazing guy. Uh, with Rafael Montero, he just left. He just left here yesterday. Uh, we're still seeing what, what we can do, all the brands that we're doing for them. 
we're so proud to make them on the first Monte Cristo was made out of uh, Cuba and out, out of Dominican Republic. That was the Monte Cristo Espada that we're making for Altadis. And now Great we're cigar. making the Romeo. Yeah, amazing cigar. And again, the top 25 was Cigar Aficionado two years ago. And now we're working for the Romeo 505. There's a, a new a new version for Romeo, more bold, more uh, a little bit more strength. It's the first Nicar- Romeo Nicaragua, made in Nicaragua. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a fun, uh, love journey. All these guys that are trusting us and uh, we want to keep them, this uh, relationship that we have for them, with them, and that uh, those relationships still growing in the future. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I talked about the Romeo 505 in the uh, first hour of the show, and uh, very, very nice cigar. And some of the other cigars you make, you, you mentioned Rocky Patel, The Edge, The Decade, The Sun Grown, The Maduro, Maduro Sun Grown, The Vintage Cameroon 2003, for Casada, The Casa Magna, which was highly, highly ranked, for Alec Bradley, The Black Market, The Nico Puro, which I love, The Sanctum, and The Max, which I think is an absolutely fantastic cigar for the money. Uh, so there's really nobody, no manufacturer, no distributor that you really haven't worked with. And now you've come to a very unique crossroads because after manufacturing cigars for so many others for so many years, going back 40 plus years and growing tobacco for them, the Placencia family decided that they wanted to create blends using their family name distributed in the United States. So you have created the Placencia 1865 Cigar Company. Tell us about that. Yes, it's uh, so exciting, as I said earlier, because it's now we're saying, you know, we're losing the final step in this beautiful industry. So we, we love it so much that we, what we, we want to have more direct contact with the final consumer, with the retailers, with the people who enjoy our cigars and putting our family name is a big responsibility. Uh, so we're creating this new line of cigars. We start with the Alma series. And the first one of the series is going to is at the Alma Fuerte that we released in October. Very happy with the results. Uh, very happy for the comments for the people. We have a 93 rating for Cigar Aficionado and Cigar Snob. It's not for a new cigar on the market. You know, very, very happy. We also created the Cosecha, the Cosecha series that we'll be launching this year as well. And uh, we've been adding to the distribution the Placencia Reserva Organica that we released uh, years ago, but I was through distributors. Now we're getting, now we're getting con- in control of everything, all the aspects of the packaging, uh, the cell force and everything. So it's just amazing experience. We're learning so much for the new re- generations. It's going to be something so exciting that will be more people in the family in. And this is, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a, it's a new set of excitement that we're feeling right now. Well, I'm enjoying this Alma Fuerte, and uh, you were kind enough, as well as Carlos Padron, your associate in Miami, was kind enough to send me a box. And first of all, the packaging, you open it up, the top is actually an ashtray, a very heavy, very nice-looking ashtray. The packaging is beautiful. The cigars, the sheen, the dark oily, it, it, you, it's so beautiful that you almost want to eat the, uh, the cigar. It's that gorgeous. And you use, it's a 100% Nicaraguan Puro. The primary component is Criollo 98. But tell me about the wrapper, yeah. because this wrapper is just, it almost looks like a Maduro. It's so dark and oily and just delicious. Yeah, it's a Jalapa uh, shade grown wrapper. We've been saving tobacco for um, nine years, putting aside 
the wrapper we have it for five years uh it's amazing because the the, what age do to the tobacco you know what time do to tobacco is great and uh we said if we're gonna go out with some with our name on it it has to be something exceptional so that's why we worked so hard we took like two years in order to came out with this blend and all the blends that coming for the for the new placentia lines because uh we have amazing talented team from honduras and nicaragua so we send cigars there we send cigars here uh, and try it and, and try an error, put it into the aging room and see how the aging on the aging room will affect the cigars and then tweak it a little bit. Man, that was a lot of work, but we're very happy with the result. And it's a very unique uh, shape. It's a hex. It's, it looks like a square press, a box press, but it's a hexagon. Yes, we have uh, under the Placencia Alma Fuerte line, we have three sizes. One is the hexagon that I love, you know, I'm a big uh, believer of nature, so uh, I was reading about the biomimicry, is how you how you mimic uh, the nature, and they're saying that the hexagon was the perfect shape in nature. So let's see how we can incorporate that into the cigar. So we said, okay, let's create a special mold that we can that we can put this in the hexagon shape, and the results were amazing. And then also we have a, a six by fifty eight Salomon. 7 by 58 Salomon is the generation fifth. Uh, it's a box press Salomon, also very hard to very hard to manage because of the diameter is different through the line through the uh, length of the cigar. And we have the regular Toro six and a half by 54. It's a box. All the cigars are box press, and uh, amazing. Everyone gives the specifics, but because of the size, made uh, into full body with a lot of flavor. It's a full flavor cigar. Full flavor, but very smooth. Not a bit of harshness at all. And I've got the Nestor 4, which is a six and a quarter inch by 54 ring gauge Toro that is magnificent. Now, these are super premium cigars. These are not inexpensive. These are in the $20 to $22 price range. But I'll tell you, once somebody, a consumer, tries these for the first time, they will be absolutely enchanted by these cigars worth every penny. So it's very interesting. You went to the high end of the market, but these are worth every single cent. Thank you. Thank you. The idea is that, that we can make that all of us can light up our soul. You know, that's why the name Alma means soul. So we want to connect to our soul for consumers with our soul that, and the soul of the land and the soul of all the elements that are that are involved in order to make these great cigars. So Alma Fuerte, full soul, and it really is a, a magnificent cigar. Now let's talk about the Cosecha line that's coming out. Uh, and by the way, you're going to have additional, you've got, what, four more lines planned in the Alma series, correct? Yes, yes. We're going to have uh, Alma del Campo, which is being released uh, in the next few months. Then we'll have, uh, have Alma del Fuego, Alma del Cielo, and Alma del Rio. So total five different lines. Uh, of five different series under the Alma lines. And uh, and the cosecha is about uh, making sure that we that we said from 1865, for example, we're going to start from cosecha 146. So that means that we make cigars with the, with the 146 crop from the Placencia family. So in the name, it means a lot. You know, it means that we've been, we've been in this industry for many, many years. And uh, we save tobacco from that specific crop, and that uh, we make cigar out of that. Will the cosecha be a limited line every time it comes out? A limited edition? It will be. It will be uh, uh, switching for the years to come. We have okay. we have five different cosechas right now. 
what we'll be adding because uh depends on the on the years like a wine vintage or instead of putting a crop of 2011 we're gonna do cosecha 146 for example well i know the january officers club selection of the placencia classic and the placencia reserva organica were well received off the charts and the alma fuerte is great with all these new cigars coming in i'm gonna have to get down to see you and uh, the rest of the Placencia family in Nicaragua and Honduras, and personally taste test all these cigars right in your factories. It will be a pleasure. It will be uh, very nice to show you what we're doing here with our people, uh, all the social responsibility actions that we're doing for them in order to retain the talent. Uh, it's it's great. We have an amazing group of people, talented, passion, and uh, we always mm-hmm. give credit to them because. If what wasn't for them, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be in this position right now. Nestor Placencia Jr., our guest on the Cigar Dave Show today.